Welcome to the Stork Storytime Podcast at the North Liberty Community Library. Are you expecting or thinking of starting a family? If so, this podcast is for you. Just as it's never too late to develop a love of reading, it's never too early either. Jennifer Jordabrek, and I'm the Assistant Director at the North Liberty Community Library. Hi, I am Emily O'Sheridan-Tabor, and I am the Family Family Services Librarian at the North Liberty Community Library. And today we'd like to welcome our guest speaker, Dr. Tori Logan. She's a new doctor at the Mercy Pediatrics Clinic in Coralville. Thanks for taking some time to talk with us today, Dr. Tori. Yes, it's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Welcome to our podcast, Dr. Tori. Before we get into the early literacy discussion, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your new job at Mercy Pediatrics? Absolutely. So I grew up in Fort Madison, Iowa with my family. I attended University of Iowa here in Iowa City for my undergraduate when I fell in love with the town. Uh, then shortly after, I went to medical school in Missouri, finished my residency in Illinois, and now I'm back. Great. Great, thanks. During each of our podcasts, we usually like to focus on a specific early literacy skill and how children learn those skills. We also like to share some tips for new and expecting parents so they'll feel more confident in the role of their child's first teacher. Today, however, instead of focusing on only one specific skill, we're going to talk about the general concept of early literacy with our medical expert, Dr. Tori, discussing what she and the medical community think of this new concept and how doctors share this information with their parents. As we've stated before, early literacy is made up of six skills. Print motivation, which is having fun with books. Print awareness, which is learning about print. Phonological awareness, learning about speech sounds. Letter knowledge, recognizing your letters. Vocabulary, learning words. And narrative skills, which is learning how a story is structured that most stories have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Children normally learn these six skills through playing, singing, talking, reading, and writing. Early literacy is not being able to read at an earlier age, but what children know about reading and writing before they start to read. A few years ago, the American Academy of Pediatrics came out with a literacy promotion policy statement that has new recommendations for pediatricians, both in schooling and professional careers. The new APP policy states, Pediatricians should begin advising parents to read out loud to their children to promote bonding and brain development, help parents recognize developmentally appropriate fun and fun reading activities, provide reading materials that are culturally and economically appropriate, as well as identifying ways to obtain books without it being a financial burden to the pediatrician's office. They also want to promote this initiative through parent materials and information about other community resources, such as the library, and partner with these organizations to support and promote early literacy. Uh, These new policies, as I stated before, are aimed at current doctors as well as students in medical school and residents. Dr. Tori, can you talk about any thoughts and opinions you have on these new policies from the American Academy of Pediatrics? So, you know, I think the policy statements when it came out just kind of reiterated what we all, you know, had been teaching prior, and we've all been talked to families about how important it was to read to your child. But when the policy statement came out and really had the evidence and the research supporting the improvements in communication and language development that we see in children, 
with parents who read out loud to them and early introduction of books, it just really kind of fortified how important it is for us to address it at these visits. That's awesome. So it was kind of like something that you and the medical community had known for a while, and this just kind of backed it up. Absolutely. That's awesome. Uh, What do you think about teaching um, residents and how important that is, not just educating doctors? I think, you know, being that I um, just recently finished my residency, it was of high importance for us, um, not only during our curriculum that reviewed uh, the benefits that we see in these children, but also that the bonding that it um, reinforced with the families. And uh, the more that these children read, the less time they spend in front of the screen, which is also great. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think it's just one of those things we try to hit at every visit when we see a child. That's great. It was actually a segue into my next question, how you feel and what your professional opinion is on screen time. The article mentions um, screen time. They say the regulation should be for two and under, no screen time at all. And then um, for two and above, you know, you do 20 minutes a day. Um, What's your opinion and what do you kind of see in this community? You know, I think in this day and age, it's difficult to get away from Mm -hmm. screens. Everyone's Mm -hmm. got one in their hand and probably three more in their bag and on their (laughs) kitchen table and all those things. So it's hard to really say no screen time. Um, Most of the recommendations for those under two years of of age will say less than two hours. And I try to tell families, even if that's educational, two hours should really be the max that you're hitting with your kids. You know, nothing, um, nothing stands in that as much as, you know, the face-to-face contact when you have Mm -hmm. with your family. Mm -hmm. You know, they show that it supports bonding. They learn to talk by watching their parents' mouths move. The MRIs that have been done while these kids are watching TV, being taught the same thing with a picture and on a screen as with taught in person, show that they just don't pick up the language and skills the same way when they're taught in person versus on a screen. So oh, that's really interesting. It's very mm-hmm. cool. How do you think um, parents receive this information? Are they receptive to that, or do they kind of intuitively know they should be reading and talking, or is this kind of news to them? It depends on the family. A lot of my family say, absolutely, we read every single night. We have a bedtime story, and, you know, he always asks for that same book <laughs> five times <laughs> before we go to bed. And I tell them that's great. The more you read that same book, the more they'll recognize the words. They know the story. Um, so hang tough when you've got the sixth edition going on. Hope it's um, a good one. Yes, I hope it's a we good one. We same thing at the library when children, um, parents come in um, and bring their children and they're, you know, they sigh and they picked up the same book again. And we encourage them as well that that's fine to repeat that. Um, so that's great to hear that um, you guys are doing the same thing. Absolutely. And you know it's evidence that they're starting to learn when they know you've skipped the pages. <laughs> yes, and they know the story. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. They're like, good no, no, yeah. you skipped that page. <laughs> That's good So point. you can learn. Repetition is so important, but Absolutely. it's something, a little thing that, like, most people don't realize. Yes. Yes. So also, the milestone packets that you give at Well Baby Checkups that go through the developmental stages that children are supposed to have attained by six months and 12 months, has any about early literacy been added to those packets? They haven't been added to the packets quite yet. You know, there's about five different domains that we test for those developmental checklists when you come in to us for the well child check, and those are communication and language for a couple of them. Um, There's nothing directly correlated to amount of reading or literacy uh, yet, but in Bright Futures and the guidelines, um, like I said, you know, we're supposed to be talking at that about reading and literacy at every single visit as it pertains to language development. 
Dr. Tori, could you explain what Bright Futures is? Yeah, so Bright Futures is a department within the AEP that puts out guidelines about uh, topics that we're supposed to hit at each uh, specific age group. So when I come in with my kiddo, my six month, and you say, um, is she grasping things? Uh, can she pick up the puffs? Can How many words does she know? Is she saying no? Or um, walking and uh, how many servings of fruits and vegetables she's getting a day? Is that like what you mean? Yeah, so that's part of our developmental survey, particularly when it comes to motor skills, language development, fine motor. Um, Those are the things that we speak about. And then the Bright Futures is a little bit different. So it talks about, you know, we need to assess all of development. And then we need to talk about literacy. We need to talk about vaccines. It kind of breaks down all the topics that we need to hit at each visit. Interesting. I never knew there was everything seems so seamless when I come into my doctors to talk about my kiddos, you know, stages or how they're doing. So it's interesting that there are multiple like groups of things that you're supposed to talk about. Oh yes. There's a lot of behind the scenes. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) That's really cool. So do you think that the early literacy um, will be added to those milestone packets when they give out to parents or is that just something that is kind of in a different section? I think, um, I think it'll probably continue to be in a different section. Although, you know, we, as I said, it ties closely to those communication and language development milestones. And so that's always in a conversation in my visits when we talk mm-hmm. about language and families say, they, you know, they've only got two words so far. And we talk about, you know, tell me how, how much you read at home or what kind of is their exposure to books and right. things like that. And it's great to have resources such as you guys that yeah. I can say if you guys had you know, been to the library, they've got all these great books. So. Yeah. Great. That's great also that you give them um, recommendations on how they can help improve their child's development in ways. And as you said, we have some really great programs at the library. One of the things that we do is the baby story time. So you can bring your little one to story time and it not only helps with bonding between the, a caregiver and the baby, but they get to hear all different words spoken. We do um, books and we do movement and we do songs and that is kind of a precursor to our toddler story time and then of course our preschool story time which involve a little bit more sitting and paying attention, but it's always good to start those routines really young because then they are used to going to the library they hear words Um, if you came to just all of our story times uh, every child would get probably around 15 books read to them a week so that's a really good start we are also starting a program at the library called a thousand books before kindergarten which is a early literacy program and that is just encouraging parents to read 1,000 books before their little one goes to kindergarten and it sounds like a lot a thousand books I wish Mm -hmm. I could read a thousand books Um, but if you read one book a night for three years it's 1,095 books and most kids go to kindergarten at five so that leaves you some padding time uh, if you don't get all of your books read or even one book read a day you still have a little bit of time to work with that and like I said if you come to the library one week that's like 15 books and so you are far ahead of the um, game on that one that should be going at the library at the um the first of the year. So after January 1st, check our website or come into the library and ask about us, ask about it or uh, check on Facebook for that as well. And Emily's been working really hard on that program. Um, And it's, it's very um, flexible um, because we want it to be doable for the parents. So, you know, if you read that same book 500 times, you can count, (laughs) (laughs) count that as 500 readings. So you don't don't have to feel overwhelmed with a new book each time. Um, And any books that they hear at daycare, 
any books that they would hear maybe in Sunday school or if they're just uh, listening to a sibling read or really if they're sitting down and telling you the story of a book without necessarily reading it, that also counts. Uh, the goal is to get kids uh, exposed to literature and literacy early. There is a interesting correlation between kiddos who are um, reading at a third grade level and high school graduations. So the farther and the earlier we can get kids reading, the better they're going to be by the time by the time they get to third and fourth grade, and that really sets up a um, successful academic career for the rest of their lives. I think those programs are absolutely excellent. You know, one of the things that we talk about at the four-year well child check when you guys come in is, is your child ready to go to kindergarten? And Mm. some of that is the literacy. Can they Mm -hmm. sit down? Can they listen to a story? Can you hold their attention for a certain amount of time? So programs like this in the library, when you sit these kids down, you have them focus on you for a story, learn these types of things will just help that, you know, accelerate and be ready for school when the time comes. Yes, because definitely not all kids are um, used or able to sit down for a full story time, which is about a half an hour. Uh, So that's why when you first bring them in as a baby to the library, we have a lot of different things going on. We have 14 or 15 songs, rhymes, um, movements where we get up and move around, and then we have one or two books. It's very, uh, very good for short attention spans, but the more they sit there, the more you bring them, the older they get, the more used to it they are, and that really does prepare them for going to school and going to kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Along with the early literacy programming that we do at the library, um, we've also been developing our womb literacy initiative. These podcasts are part of that, as well as the baby fair that we um, recently hosted. It was our second annual fair that we had. Um, we had almost 50 vendors participate. Uh, we were lucky to have Mercy Hospital of Iowa City sponsor it again. Um, and Dr. Tori actually was able to participate in the fair. So if you could share with us some of your thoughts or observations. Absolutely. It was such an excellent opportunity to get in to the community. Like I said, I was here for undergraduate and and love the community overall, but haven't been able to be in this type of role in a leadership role in the community yet. So I was excited to come. Uh, We appreciate being there as well. You know, we had so many moms, moms to be, moms that had their kids, moms Mm -hmm. that were chasing their kids around the (laughs) library. And it was nice to see all the other vendors and just kind of, you know, get our get our hands in the community and really um, tell people how we can make a difference and what we can offer to them to help their family grow and learn and develop. Wonderful. Well, we're already planning for next year's baby fair, so um, we're looking forward to that. Can you uh, speak about any upcoming events or programs that you want new and expecting families to know about? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I can't go through the podcast in October without mentioning that it's flu season. We're already <laughs> seeing the flu, you oh, guys. No. Uh, wow. We've had testing positive for both A and B. Ugh. Current recommendations are any child six months and above, it's time for a flu shot. So um, here at Mercy Clinic, starting about mid-October, we're having flu clinics. So you can call. We make it pretty easy for you to stop in, see a nurse, get your shot, and get out of here. So for those that are on the go. And then, of course, if you can't make any of our clinics, we can always make an appointment. So... Now, do expecting moms, what is your guidelines for them? Expecting moms should also be getting the flu shot. They typically get that through their OB visits. Okay. OBs usually won't let them out the door without it. <laughs> okay. okay, good yes. to know. Good to know. Yep. Absolutely. And then we've got always a few other things. Mercy Hospital hosts just um, you know a myriad of, 
of education classes for the community. So we've got ones for expectant parents. We've got ones for expectant siblings and what they can okay. expect oh, when, neat. you know, mom is having another baby, CPR classes for your baby, lactation groups. So um, if any of those would appeal to you, they're always on the calendar on our webpage. And can people just um, go to the website and, like, register for them? Yep. Cool. So on the so right-hand side, it says, you know, uh, register for a class. Click on that link, and it's got a big old calendar of all the classes that they offer, and you can register right there. Fantastic. And so, Dr. Tori, what is your website then? So the Mercy Hospital website is www.mercyiowacity.org, and that's spelled out Iowa City. Um, you can go there to our pediatrics website, but the classes that I've talked about are just on the very right-hand side of the of the page. And then our clinic number is 688-7337 or 688-PEDS. Okay, great. Thank great. you. Um, and as well, you can go to the North Liberty Community Library's website at northlibertylibrary.org to check out uh, Times for Story Times. We also have upcoming events. We have music programs um, and uh, other programs that come in for your kiddos for age five and below. And then, of, of course, we have all uh, programs for all ages as well. And then be on the lookout for that thousand books before kindergarten starting at the first of the year, as well as a new uh, semi-renovation of our children's area. We're adding some activity centers uh, because play is super important for kiddos. It is their number one job. Uh, bring the kids in in the next couple of months to check out the new play activity centers that we have. So uh, thank you very much for joining us today, Dr. Tori. Today we talked about early literacy uh, policy statements and um, how those fit in to Well Baby Checkups. We also covered early literacy programs at the library and what doctors are doing to promote and support that idea, as well as the six early literacy skills and how children can attain them. Thanks very much for joining us today, Dr. Tori. Absolutely. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thanks for listening to our Stork Storytime podcast. We hope you enjoyed your time with us. And remember, just as it's never too late to learn early literacy skills and develop a love of reading, it's never too early either.